and I optimize everything to make sure that I'm getting better results each time. And that's what you need to do with your ads all the time as well. Hello, and welcome to Smart Online Marketing, where I chat to switched on entrepreneurs and experts to chat about smart strategies to build your business in a profitable and sustainable way. My name is Katie Griffin, and I am in the digital marketing game. I specialize in Google ads, and I've worked one-on-one with clients such as Showpost, Woolmaker Law, and Snuggle Honey Kids. And I also have my own course, teaching small businesses how to grow profitably using Google ads. If we haven't met before, I'm a kombucha-loving Real Housewives apologist, alongside my love of all things pop culture, and yes, that does include the Kardashians. I'm a mum of two, a self-confessed hippie at heart with a love of all things business. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Smart Online Marketing. So this one's a little bit different in that it's my first solo episode. And I was looking back at the past year and a bit, I officially kind of started, went all in on my business about July 2019. So before that, in May, May and June, I was only doing bit parts here and there. So I was really not doing anything and officially made the decision to start the business in July. And it's been about a year now. So we're looking at nearly 13 months here and I thought I would do a recap of my first year in business, how much I've spent on ads, what I've invested in, what are my key lessons and some of the takeaways and how I've built my business as well. So that's what this episode is going to be about. I've got a few notes jotted down, but apart from that, it's going to be kind of like a stream of consciousness. So bear with me if it's not as uh, as planned as usual. Not that actually my episodes with people are planned. I shouldn't say that at all. They're not. They're a conversation. So this is just a conversation with myself. And a bit of a disclaimer before we get started. I am going to be talking about revenue numbers and ad spend numbers here. If you have recently become redundant or you've lost your job or your business is struggling, I just want to put a disclaimer here that maybe this isn't the right time to listen to this episode because I don't want it to come across that I am putting my business success from this year and that is in a direct comparison to your business. I don't want you to feel like your business is less than or that you are not worthy. I am very conscious of the fact that this episode is coming at a time where a lot of people are facing real business hardships. So if this is you, maybe sit this one out or go in with eyes wide open that this does not mean anything about your business. It doesn't have any effect on the way that you should think about you or your business. I just want to add that disclaimer in because if I was struggling in my business right now, I might be a little bit, not triggered, but I might be a little bit off-put if someone was kind of shoving their great business year in my face. So I just want to I just want to be really upfront about that. But let's get stuck in. For those if you're just listening for the first time, my name's Katie and I run a business called Sunday Digital. And Sunday Digital has two arms. It has a client management side of things where I specialize in running Google ad accounts and some Facebook ads, but predominantly Google ad accounts for e-commerce and service-based businesses. And then I have my course arm where I 
teach businesses how to run their own Google Ads account using the same strategy that I do when I am running client accounts, but it's in a DIY capacity. So I teach businesses how to DIY it themselves so they don't have to outsource or when they do come to the stage where they want to outsource and hire someone to run their ads for them, they actually know how to project manage that in an effective way. So I have the two arms. The reason I started this business was I was working at an agency and I went on mat leave with my second daughter in 2018. So Sunny was born nearly two years ago. And when I went on mat leave, I had every intention of going back to my agency. However, then I was in the baby bubble and I realized I really didn't want to be commuting about an hour and a half each way every day. So I did that commute when I had Willow. We lived closer to my work though. So it wasn't an issue then. It only took me about half an hour to get to work each day. However, Willow was now three and a half when I went on mat leave. So she turned four when I was on mat leave and I should back up. I was working full time in between Willow, my firstborn and Sunny. So I was working full time and I didn't want to do that anymore. I loved my job and loved what I did. However, the commute and also the idea of leaving my kids at seven o'clock at daycare and coming back at six, I did that while I was pregnant with Sunny and it was really hard and I, I didn't want to do that anymore. And for those that are doing that, hats off to you. It's so hard to do that drop off in the morning and not getting back till late. So that just wasn't what I sort of envisioned wanting to do and um, made the hard decision to start my own business, which was Sunday Digital. And before I did that, before I made that decision, I actually reached out to a couple of my clients that I had worked with long-term while I was at my agency. They weren't clients of the agency anymore, but they were people that I really respected and that I worked in a close capacity with as a client and I was their account manager. And I reached out to them and just said, like, I'm looking to start my own business. What do you think? Do you think there's a need? Do you think there's any demand for that? And they were really supportive. And they said, like, if you do this, we'll send you clients and, you know, go for it. And so I took the leap and I decided, okay, I'm going to leave my job and I'm going to start my business, which is where we are now. Started that about 13 months ago. And initially I was just going to do client facing work. So that is where I take on a client and run their ad account for them. However, my real, real, real passion is actually in the education space and teaching people how to do that themselves. So I love creating systems and processes and and training materials. And I wanted to create like a one-stop shop Google Ads course that businesses could use to run their own ad accounts. And the reason I was so passionate about this is that some of you might not know, but in 2012, I think it was, I started my own e-commerce business and I was selling health food products online. And I kind of dabbled with a few different things, SEO and some other stuff. And I landed upon Google ads and I was like hooked. I loved it. However, there wasn't any training out there. And um, I kind of was like flying blind, going by the seat of my pants and trying to figure out how to do it myself, which is why I then decided to join an agency because I wanted to kind of like really specialize in that area. So I wanted to create a course that I needed years ago to run my own Google ad account. I wanted that course and I wanted to develop that course for people that are in the same situation that I was all those years ago. So I kind of said to my husband, like, this sounds really funny, but I want to start my own course and I want to teach people how to do this. And he was really supportive and was like, let's do this. Well, not let's do this. Like I did it all, but as in 
you know, you can do this and, you know, go for it. So I called my clients, my ex-clients and kind of run that idea past them about the client facing stuff. And then I had the confidence also to do the course stuff. So as I've mentioned, I've got those two arms to my business. And then the one arm is the client facing stuff. And that I don't really do any outreach or I don't need to do any advertising or kind of promo for that side. I'm very lucky that I get clients that come to me organically through word of mouth referral. And I can only take on like a certain amount of clients as well. And they usually stay on for quite an extended period of time. So I don't get overloaded on that side of things. And I'm very lucky that, as I said, I don't do any advertising or proactive outreach in that regard. I get all my clients through word of mouth. The course side is completely different though, because that is a brand new concept in, there's not a lot of Google ads. I don't think there's any other like comprehensive Google ads courses out there. So for that, I basically reinvested all of my client revenue into ads to build my email list for those first couple of months. So any client revenue that I got, I didn't take a wage in the first few months, any client revenue that I got to manage their ad accounts for them, I reinvested and ran Facebook and Instagram ads to build my email list. And I did that through creating a lead magnet, which was a Google ads guide. And I built my email list. So then I had a pool of emails that when I was ready to soft launch my course for the first time, I was able to email that to them. And the first soft launch of the course that I did was about 10 or 11 months ago. So it was in about August last year, 2019. It was an email only launch. I didn't run any ads specifically to a webinar or anything like that. I did an email launch and I think I got about 10 signups to the course from quite a small email list. I think I only had about 500 people on the email list at that stage. And I offered the course half price because it's the first time I was running it. So my course is normally $1,000 and I offered it for $500 and I got, I think about 10 people took me up on that offer. And let me backtrack just to explain what the course is. So it's an eight-week program where there's coaching calls and you've got the training portal where you have all the information and all the training videos And there's a Facebook group where I am in there every day helping out with questions and things like that. However, you get lifetime access to all the content, all the training materials and any future training materials that I record. But it's an eight-week program where I'm there live answering questions and doing coaching calls. So I can only run run one cohort of a time, one intake of students at a time. And the first time I ran that was, I think, August last year. So the first time I ran it, I had 10 people that signed up. And I was able to tweak and, you know, it was a really small group. So I was able to learn what worked and learn areas that I need to improve and things like that. So that was about 10 or 11 months ago. Now, since then, I've launched the course a couple more times. So I launched it again in October and I think I had about 30 students sign up that time. And then again in January 2020, I had about the same amount And then in March, that increased. I think I had about 70 people that signed up in March. And then I've just wrapped up a launch in the start of July. I wrapped it up and I took in another, I think about, let me just check my final numbers for that one. So final numbers for that one, 60 people joined up in July. So for the July cohort that I'll run for the next eight weeks. So over the past near enough a year that I've been running the course now, I think nearly about 200 50-ish, I think, have signed up for the course. I don't know if that's exact, 
but around about that mark. So anyway, during each launch, my goal was to really focus on building my email list, so running ads to a lead magnet and then get that email list up. So each time I launched, I had a pool of people that I could offer the course to. Now, when I say I ran ads, I want to really spell that out really clearly in that over the past year of having my business, I have spent over $100,000 on ads. I think it's about $110,000 on ads. Now, that is such an overwhelming figure for a lot of people. But when I was looking to grow my business, ads are what I consider my superpower, whether that be Google ads or Facebook ads. I love Facebook ads as well, but Google ads is what I teach. But ads is my superpower. So that resonates with me. So when it came time to build my business, it was a no-brainer for me to focus on ads. However, I didn't go into debt at all for that. What it was, was I was using the revenue that I was generating from my clients and I was reinvesting that into ad spend. So I never took a loan or never went into debt for that. It was revenue that I was already generating was just getting reinvested back into the business. Now, in about August last year, I started paying myself a wage and replaced my wage that I earned at my old agency. So that then there was less left over to run ads. However, that was my strategy at the beginning and even even now, but my strategy, particularly at the beginning, was any revenue that I was generating, I wanted to reinvest that to build my business quicker. Now, I'm very impatient and I'm also someone that really understands the ads process. So that to me was what I chose to do. And I don't have a product-based business, so I don't have a lot of cost of goods sold overheads and things like that when it comes to producing a product. So I was in the fortunate position to be able to reinvest that money. And I will go over the particular launch that I've just done in July in a little bit, but I want to go over some key lessons that I have learned and what I've invested in over this first year of my business. So first of all, when I said I how I get clients is through word of mouth and through referral, I'll also say that I did some unpaid speaking gigs as well that kind of got my name out there as well. And also I'm very fortunate in that when I was at my agency, I was the account manager. I ran the ads of Shopo, who are one of Australia's biggest fast fashion brands. They're very well known and they're incredibly successful. And that was something I could hang my hat on. I could say I worked with Shopo and that was an instant credibility booster, which is again, comes back to one of the ways I built my business was leaning on those things that I could use to my advantage when it comes to selling myself. So key lessons of this first year, because I don't want this to be a rambly podcast, me telling you everything I've achieved. I actually want to break down some of the key lessons of that first year and what I've invested in and what's worked. So during the first year, I did not focus on all the things. I doubled down on what I knew best, which is ads, and I let the rest slide. And when I say that, what I mean is that I didn't even start a social media account until about three months ago. So for the first nine or 10 months, I didn't even have social media. It was another thing that I didn't want to spend my time doing. I wanted to spend my time where it was going to be the best use of my time and the most efficient and the most profitable in terms of return on investment. And that for me is ads. I can do ads like the back of my hand. And I knew that that is where I wanted to spend my time. I didn't do SEO. I didn't do organic, like I said, social media. I didn't do any other kind of like content marketing. It was really what I focused on was ads and building my course. So they were my two focuses. 
along with this is separating my client side, but on the core side of things, my real focus was building the best course I could and I stand behind that and running ads to get the word out there about that. So I did not focus on all of the things. If you are trying to wear too many hats at once, you'll get overwhelmed and you'll do nothing well. So what I do is focus on one core key thing at a time, which for me during year one was ads. Now, building on this during the next year, I'll be consolidating and I will be doing social media and some content marketing and perhaps looking at PR. But that is once I've got that foundation established that I built on ads. The second key lesson, and this is really important for everyone that wants to run ads or currently runs ads. So your ads, whether that be Facebook ads or Google ads or Instagram ads or any type of marketing that you're doing, they will not make a crappy website or a crappy product or service work or be good. So ads will only do their job in getting people to your site. You then need to make sure you have a good product or service to convert that person once they come to your site. So no matter how good your ads are, your strategy and your optimization techniques, you'll never be able to convert people if your product or service isn't good. So the focus initially should at least be on creating a really good solid product or service And then ads will amplify that. Ads won't build that for you. They'll only amplify something that is already good. So that's a really key distinction to make. Another key lesson that I really want you to be looking at is to know your numbers. So when I say I spent over $100,000 on ads, that was profitably. So it wasn't looking at $100,000 as an expense. It was looking at that $100,000 as an investment because I knew the return was going to be there based on performance. And performance is what is my conversion rate and how can I optimize that? How can I increase my conversion rate on my website? How can I tweak things to make things better? How can I write better copy? How can I target people better? So you need to know your numbers in what is your average order value? What's your lifetime value? All these things you need to know down pat before you're running ads because ads is a numbers game and you need to know the key areas that will impact your performance. So that's another key lesson is to know your numbers. And I bang on about this so much on Instagram. So if you want to follow me, if you're not already, I'm at katiegriffin underscore. This third key lesson is that you need to be continuously optimizing and testing. And this is something, again, I preach about. But once I launched my course back in August It wasn't as if I thought, okay, I'm done now. I can just rinse and repeat this process each time. What I do is I optimize my ad copy. I change my landing page. I change elements of my sales page. I change my emails and I optimize everything to make sure that I'm getting better results each time. And that's what you need to do with your ads all the time as well. So that's what I teach is that you need to be continuously optimizing and testing, testing different targeting options, testing different ad copy testing different keywords, testing different campaign types, and then optimize based on those tests. So based on the performance, you need to optimize. So continuously optimizing and testing and getting better, getting better, improving your process, improving your results. The fourth key lesson for me is if you can afford it, you need to invest in some sort of mentoring. Back when I had my e-commerce business, I felt very alone and very lonely and I didn't have a mentor and I didn't have anyone I could lean on. Now, this doesn't need to be necessarily a paid program or a paid mentoring program, but make sure you have people that you look up to and that you can ask for advice. 
In my case this time, it was one of the first investments that I made in my business and it was a lot of money. I'll go through that in a second when I tell you what I've invested in. But mentoring is so important and it makes you feel like you're part of a broader community and not just running your business in isolation, which can be really lonely. So mentoring or coaching programs are so important. And the fifth lesson for me and something that I really love doing is delegate. So delegate the parts of the business that don't light you up. Hire either a VA, which is a virtual assistant, or hire some help if you can afford it. And delegate the parts of your business that don't light you up or that aren't the best use of your time. So for me, I have two young kids and it's really important to me that I am their primary carer and I'm responsible for taking them to daycare and taking them to kinder. And I have a limited amount of time that I actually get to work on my business each week. So I want to delegate the parts that don't light me up or the parts that aren't the best use of my time. The best use of my time are client management. So looking after my clients, they're my primary focus and looking after my students, they're my other primary focus. So anything that falls with outside the boundaries of those, if I can delegate to someone that would do a better job than I will, I will do that. So I focus on what is the best. I look at my time as kind of like I look at ad spent. What is going to be the best return on investment of my time? And then I will delegate accordingly. So that's my key lessons. Now what I've invested in, because I've invested a lot in the past, let's call it a year. And I want to preface this by saying, so I've told you how much ad spend I have spent in the first 12 months, first 12 or 13 months of my business, 100,000 thereabouts. I think it's about 110. However, revenue wise, it's sitting at about 403,000, I think for that first year in business. That's from July, 2019 to about mid July, 2020. So just over 400,000. Now that's a mix of client revenue and also course revenue. So they're mixed in there and the ad spend is directly related to the course side of that. Now, I attribute a lot of that revenue growth in that first year to a couple of things. One is having dual products that I can offer. So I consider my client management to be one product and I consider my course to be another product. So I've got two key products that I offer. And during COVID, so in about March this year, my revenue for clients went down quite a bit because we paused a lot of ads as it wasn't profitable to run them during COVID. Now, I was able to have the second product being the course and increase my focus on the course to counteract some of that revenue decline that I experienced with the client side. So if I just had the client side of my business, I would have seen a really dramatic decrease in revenue. And I just hired my first team member, full-time team member, and that would have been really tricky period. So it was really important for me to have those two separate products so that when I dip down on client revenue, I can increase with my course. So what I've invested in to help with that $400,000 in revenue for the first year. So in month, I think it was month three, I invested in quite an expensive mastermind. And I remember going to my husband and floating this idea with him because Again, I was in that situation where I had a business, but I didn't have anyone I could bounce ideas off and I didn't have a community. And I wanted to lean on other people that had courses and it was something that I hadn't done before. 
but this one was expensive, particularly because it was in USD and I'm in Australia. So the conversion rates, not great. So it worked out to be about $18,000 that I paid for a six month mastermind. However, this was invaluable to me. So it allowed me to leverage the learnings or leverage the ideas of a lot of the other course creators and be surrounded by like-minded entrepreneurs that would help me with my business and help me with my processes and really streamline things there. And I think that was such a huge growth period for me and my business. So that is one of the main things I've invested in. There was a big investment. I had to pay it off in monthly installments because I could not afford that at the beginning. So a takeaway from that would be find people that you can lean on. Like I said earlier, if you can afford to pay someone, a business coach or a mentor there, do that. If you can't, look for other unpaid areas, so maybe Facebook groups that you can lean on other like-minded entrepreneurs. So another thing I invested in from the very beginning was a virtual assistant. I've had my virtual assistant who is amazing. I've had her working full-time, so she works 40 hours a week for me since about, I think it was since July, she's been working 40 hours a week. So for a whole year now, she's been working 40 hours a week and I set systems and processes up for her. I definitely, I mean, I can talk about the VA process another time, but how to delegate and hire smart and how to use a VA to fast track your growth. However, it's not just like I throw her tasks and then expect her to figure out how to do it. I give her specific instructions on what I want done and then she will action that for me. Now, I only work about 20 to 25 hours a week because I only work three days a week. And so my VA has allowed me to be able to get more done, so be more efficient and focus on the things that I do best. So I hired my VA from the beginning. Now, that was through Upwork, which is a freelancer platform, and you do need to I mean, I probably should do another episode on that. If you do want me to do that, just hop into my DMs on Instagram at katiegriffin underscore. But with a VA, I do have a lot of tips and recommendations there, but I hired her from the beginning. Another thing I invested in, like I said earlier, ads. Ads was a $100,000 investment over the past year and it's paid off. So it paid off because I knew my numbers and I had goals and I had clear benchmarks and sales funnels that I was able to convert that into revenue. So ads was a huge investment. Another investment that I've made continuously has been in programs or I should say like technology like Zapier, which I use for a lot of automation, lead pages, Help Scout, Help Scout I use my email platform, Zoom. I've been using Zoom for years now and um, have continuously invested in that and Canva and things like that. So a lot of tools and programs and platforms that will allow me to get more done. So just streamlining my business, making sure I'm again focused on efficiency. If you haven't noticed already, efficiency is one of my core values. It is one of the things I am so focused on. So for me, efficiency is like number one. What can I do to make my time more efficient and more profitable? And that is the way I look at my client accounts. Probably why ads resonate with me so much is what can I do to make my client's budget more efficient and get the best result and be the most profitable. So programs are one of that. Another thing is I hired Smart. So in March this year, I think she started actually April. So April this year, she's been with me for about three months now, three and a half months. I hired my first full-time team member. And again, this was a big, big decision because as you can imagine, hiring someone and she's very skilled. I'm not bringing her on at a base level salary. I am paying for an expert. And um, 
I hired someone that I could rely on, that I wanted to help me build my business with me and that I could train and teach and I knew that she would get up to speed really quickly. So I hired Caitlin about, yeah, three and a half months ago and um, that has paid off immeasurably again. It's like I've been able to clone myself and have her do a lot of the implementation, do a lot of behind the scenes stuff, do a lot of my course stuff with me. So that has been a huge investment for me. And again, it's not like a VA where it's more on a contract basis. This I'm committing to hire someone for the long term. And I didn't take that lightly. I wanted to make sure that if she was leaving a steady job, that she had a steady job to come to with me and that I was able to guarantee her work for the future. I mean, COVID then hit, so that threw things into a bit of disarray for a little bit. However, we've been able to kind of ride that out and um, she has been with me and has been a huge part of the ability so to grow. So to put it into perspective, I'm just going to jump into my report here. To put into perspective, the last year has been, like I said, $400,000 in revenue. However, the last, I'm going to say the last three months, let me just go up to when I hired Caitlin. So from April when she came on board to now, it has been $180,000 in revenue. So the last quarter was significantly more successful than the previous. So Again, I looked at hiring as ROI and getting back an increasing profitability, not an expense. So when I looked at onboarding a new team member, it was, okay, if I onboard a new team member, I then expect to get this amount of growth from that team member. So again, knowing my numbers and knowing what I wanted my team member to do, what I wanted her to take control of, and also what my goals were in output from that team member. So hiring was a big part of that growth. As I said, $400,000 in the last year. However, the last three months, in the last quarter, nearly half of that revenue has come through. So looking at what I wanted to achieve with hiring and what that would allow me to do, because I can only work so many hours, as I mentioned, I wanted to make sure that I was able to use a team member to grow. Now, I did have to just pause my recording because I was tending to the kids. So if there's a slight change in my audio, that is why. So I've spoken about my mastermind and VA and ads and hiring. So they're key investments that I've made. And I want to run through some of the other investments that I've made in my business. So when you hear the number $400,000 in revenue for a year, it's not like that's the profit number because $100,000 is taken up by ads. Then I've got my wage, my employee's wage, and the investments that I've made in my VA as well. And the mastermind, obviously, too. So let me run through some of the other investments that I have used that revenue on. So one of them has been programs. So I should say platforms, really, being things that will make my business smoother and easier to run. That would be Asana, which I use for project management. So I use that and communicate with all my freelancers, contractors, and my employee. And also I set tasks myself. So that's a huge investment or not necessarily a huge investment monetarily, but a huge investment in terms of the time it saves me. I then invested in things like my website platform, my email service provider. So I use Help Scout to manage my emails and I use ConvertKit for my emails. I use Zoom. I've used that since the very beginning as well. Things like Canva, Zapier, which I use for automation, lead pages. 
So I've used a lot of those tools to help streamline my business. I've also invested in a brand coaching program. So it's called Brand Plan with Speak Out Studios. And Serena has helped me clarify my brand message. I got started, I started my business and I didn't really have a branding plan in place. And I'm not, branding's not my strength. So I kind of didn't have a cohesive strategy there. So I enrolled in a 15 week group coaching program called Brand Plan. And that was a game changer, not only in the fact of getting my branding nailed down, but also in meeting other like-minded business owners, which as I spoke about before, having that community of business owners can be really important or is really important to running your own business. And I've met, I think there's about 11 or 12 of us in that program. And I've met some amazing business owners in there. So that's also been invaluable in the community side as well. I invested in a video editor, again, found this person through Upwork, and I, I will do a separate episode on outsourcing and using Upwork to find contractors, but I have a lot of video content in my eight-week course, and I didn't want to do all the video editing myself, so I'm pretty proficient with just basic video editing, so if there's something quickly I need to kind of get up and running, and I can do that myself. However, he really specializes in more fancy or fancier video editing and that's his specialty. So while I'm a control freak and I I can do that stuff myself, it makes better use of my time if I am outsourcing the video editing aspect, paying someone to do that and reinvesting my time into the creating of content and the training side. So video editor, same with the podcast editor. That's not where I want to be spending my time. So I outsource that aspect as well. And while the podcast doesn't directly generate revenue, so it's not a revenue generator, it's a way for me to educate and also speak to other business owners as well and create more content. So it's what's called a loss leader. It's something that I invest time and money into that doesn't generate direct revenue back into my business. However, it's a long-term content generation plan. Then I've invested in other programs and courses. I just enrolled in Tarzan K. She has an email marketing program, so I'm always looking to improve my email marketing. And I've invested in a couple of other courses as well, some some coding and programming stuff for my teaching side of stuff. So there's always programs and courses that I'm looking to invest in. I have to be really careful not to invest in too many at once. So only a couple each year is probably the sweet spot because otherwise I don't have enough time to do everything. So I want to be continually upskilling myself. So I'm looking for key programs to do that. I also hire experts. So hire at my accounting, my bookkeeping, making sure that I am outsourcing those areas of my business to people I trust and building a network of trusted professionals that I have as well. My accountant, who is Lauren Teal, who owns The Real Teal, and I had her on episode, I think, two of this podcast, and she's been a game changer. So I've worked with accountants in the past who have dropped the ball and I haven't been happy with. And Lauren has kind of been the complete opposite of that. And she's been a real integral part of me building my team of professionals that I work with that I love. So make sure you find people who have your back and that you can rely on. In this case, Lauren's been one of those for me. And other things I've invested in business coaching. So I have hired, she's kind of a mix between a life coach and a business coach to help me with my mindset and to help me work through challenges both personally and professionally. So someone that I can 
lean on in that way. It's kind of like talking to a therapist, but for your business. So that has been really helpful too. I run things past her and she gives me a lot of strategy and helpful advice. So business coaching has been a big investment, especially since, again, she's based in the US, so I'm paying in USD, but I just find that invaluable. So I've been working with her for a couple of months now, and that has been another investment. And then headshots. So I've been working with Sophie from Sister Scout, who's at Sister Scout underscore, I think, on Instagram and she takes my headshots and she's been so great. I've worked, loved working with her and that has been another investment that I've made, not as much as the other ones, but in order to use, you know, social media and um, on my website, professional shots on my website, she's been another one that I've invested in. So they're the key investments I've made over the past year. So you can see that that $400,000 in revenue has been split quite a lot between a lot of the investments and the wages and things like that. So I just want to make it clear that when I say that number in revenue, that's definitely not the profit number. There is a lot that goes into that. What I'm looking to invest in the future, and again, I hope this episode is helpful. Just I'm laying out kind of my first year in business and what I've invested in and what my lessons have been. Um, I'd love your feedback on this episode. So please do shoot me an email or drop into my DMs on Instagram. But what I'm going to be looking at for future investments are to bring on an online business manager, which is called an OBM. And that is someone to help me project manage my launches. I've got my team member, Caitlin, who's fantastic, but she's a Google Ads specialist. So I want to be making sure I'm utilizing her in the best way possible. And also then outsourcing the bits that maybe I can get off my plate. So looking to invest in an online business manager to help me with the launches and be that project manager and take that off my plate. I'll also be looking to invest in more branding photo shoots with Sister Scout, Sophie, and then more courses and programs as needed. And then some next steps of things that I would be doing to grow my business. So at the moment, as I've said, in the first year, I really just focused on ads. I really only bought social media into the mix a couple of months ago. And I actually have really noticed a big increase since I did start using social media. So that's definitely something I want to continue to focus on. So when I say investing in social media, that's not necessarily money-wise, but time-wise, that's a big investment um, and the management of that. But the social media side, I have noticed that I'm getting a lot more inquiries and that I'm getting a lot more students through social media. So combining social media, organic and paid ads is definitely a huge thing. And then you get to use that organic following to retarget to, but also create things like lookalike audiences and engaged audiences on Facebook for your ads. So that's something that I do as well. So social media I'm going to continue to focus on and perhaps adding in things like PR. That's not something that I have investigated before, but I'm definitely looking to maybe touch on that in the next year and also start working on my SEO. So start building that as well. So I focus really on ads just during the first year, ads and building my course. And now that I've got those kind of down pat, I can continue to add other elements. So again, like I said before, don't think you have to do everything at once. You definitely don't. You can get by focusing on one marketing platform or one marketing element at a time and then adding as you consolidate those aspects. So don't try and do too much at once. So I hope this has been helpful. Like I said at the beginning, this isn't meant to be an episode where I am bragging about the success of my business. I'm very proud that my business has been successful over the first year, but what I really want this episode to be is teaching so that you can learn from some of the elements that I've used in my business 
and see how they fit in with your business, but also kind of outline how the way that I've focused on ads for my own business is very similar to the way I approach the teaching side is that you need to be really confident with knowing your numbers and you need to be confident with your product and or your service, your offering and your website, and then ads will amplify that. And that's how I look at my business in that if I had a crappy course or a crappy offering, ads wouldn't really do anything to that. So ads have only gotten the word out more about a really solid, my course, which I'm so proud of, and I think is fantastic. It's only gotten the word out more about that. So it hasn't tried to hoodwink people about a crappy course or a crappy service. It's just been able to promote a course that stands alone as a really solid product offering. So that's how I look at my clients and my students as well, is that you need, it all comes down to first, having that solid product offering or that solid website, that solid product set, that needs to be the core focus of your business. And then using marketing elements such as ads or organic social media to build on that and to amplify that. So I would love to know what you thought of this podcast. You can follow me at katiegriffin underscore on Instagram and drop into my DMs and let me know what you thought. My website is sundaydigital.com.au and you can sign up to my mailing list where you'll be notified when I open my course the next time, which will be in October at this stage, October 2020. And I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and you've got something out of it and that it wasn't just me rambling onto myself. And I will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much. 